0: Terrorists are extremely good at adapting how they use technology. And certainly it is still the case that terrorists use the large social media platforms, but increasingly they use smaller platforms and they use their own technologies.
1: When it comes to ISIL or ISIS. We're seeing their influence. So it might not be exactly, you know, product coming from ISIL headquarters, but it's inspired, it's content being produced by someone else who've been inspired by these groups.
0: If there are terrorists in society, if there's uh, political violence and extremism in society, at some point or another, that will manifest itself
2: online. You're The Lid is On with me, Conor Lennon. Today, we're talking about counterterrorism. Not a subject you might immediately associate with the UN, but there's been greater attention paid to counterterrorism at a UN level ever since the 11th of September attacks in 2001 on the US. These attacks gave rise to the creation of the Counterterrorism Committee at the Security Council, and that is supported by a body of experts who form the Counterterrorism Executive Directorate, or CTED. Since then a host of Security Council resolutions relating to counterterrorism have been adopted a sign of the complexity of the evolution of terrorist threats. One example is the use of the internet to recruit new fighters and inspire terrorist acts. And a meeting was held in March of this year on preventing the use of the internet for terrorist purposes. At the end of October a special meeting of the committee will be held in India focusing on countering new and emerging technologies. Ahead of that meeting, I spoke to Jennifer Bramlett from CTED and Adam Hadley from Tech Against Terrorism, which started life as a research project sponsored by CTED focused on trying to understand how the ISIS terror group uses the internet and how to tackle the problem. I wanted to find out more about the ways that terror groups exploit the online world and whether or not there are effective strategies out there to stop them. I started by asking Mr. Hadley to trace the evolution of technology used by terror groups from the videos of al-Qaeda in the early 2000s to the sophisticated use of social media platforms by ISIS.
0: What is certain is that terrorist groups adapt the technology that's available uh, at, uh, uh, at the time. Uh, And suddenly at the beginning of Al-Qaeda, there were certain communications technologies available and they worked successfully to exploit those. Um, Although way back in the day, Al-Qaeda were well known to send sending out videos to TV broadcasters Uh, when ISIS or so-called Islamic State um, started to gain traction. Uh, things are rather different, of course. This is the heyday of social media. And really, before social media and big tech really thought through in a structured way how to handle nefarious use of its technology, and and, uh, so-called Islamic State were particularly adept at exploiting gaps in content moderation processes and policies at the time, around 2015 and 2016. So when we started our work at Tech Against Terrorism, supported by UNC-TED, we were mainly focused on the way so-called Islamic State started to use social media, things have moved on a long way since then. Terrorists are extremely good at adapting how they use technology. And certainly it is still the case that terrorists use the large social media platforms, but increasingly they use smaller platforms and they use uh, their own technologies to share their content and continue their activity online. So this is a never-ending battle We have to ensure that we are focused on how terrorists are using technology right now. And the other thing that's uh, concerning about this is as tech platforms respond and get better at dealing with uh, the use of uh, their technology by terrorists today, terrorists will evolve. They will uh, use different platforms or they will try to evade detection in particular ways. So this is a never ending battle. Uh, However, it's one that I think we are winning gradually. We are uh, collectively, with the international community, with platforms big and small, we're getting better at pushing terrorists off the large platforms and pushing them into, into the further parts of the internet. But there's much more that needs to be done.
1: Those are not the only terrorist groups that we look at, um, particularly when you're looking at domestic terrorism, national level ta- terrorism, um, transnational in a, in a regional context. But in terms of what the UN officially works on, Uh, we do focus on Al-Qaeda and ISIL because these are the two terrorist groups that are named in the sanctions committee's work. So the 1267 monitoring team, so it relates to Resolution 1267, um, their monitoring team is very much focused on the sanctions list. So it's members of Al-Qaeda, it's members of ISIL, it's the groups themselves, and their splinter organizations around the world are also listed. So when we're talking about um, terrorist organizations, Uh, As most people know, there is no official definition of terrorism. So the UN, we look at terrorist acts, terrorist acts that have been criminalized. And that's based on a structure of um, international uh, commitments and and treaties that have been signed. And there is agreement on what is considered a terrorist act, bombings, hijackings, um, these sorts of activities. So when we're looking at groups we are limited, in a way, to the sanctions list. When we're looking at terrorism, we're looking at terrorist acts. And this leads to the issue of designation. So when we're talking about what terrorist groups are designated, again, they're on the sanctions list. And and there's a huge conversation right now about how do you manage, monitor, and, and affect terrorist acts in the online space when there are different interpretations of what that is, especially when it comes to propaganda, what is banned content? What are you or are you not allowed to say? Um, And and so a lot of what Tech Against Terrorism is, is working on is taking down terrorist content. But how do you decide what terrorist content is? It is a huge conversation happening right now between member states between international organizations between the tech industry who need instructions like hey we'll take it down you have to tell us what it is though and um and between the organizations who are producing this kind of propaganda and you know what i might call terrorist content and somebody else says is there a right to um, express themselves freely or um they're skirting the lines so like hey they know what the laws are we can say this but not that and use that as recruiting tool. But just to finish up on the terrorism issue, when it comes to ISIL or ISIS, we're seeing their influence. So it might not be exactly, you know, product coming from ISIL headquarters, right? But it's inspired. It's content being produced somewhere else by someone else who've been inspired by these groups. And so there's this Huge. it wouldn't even call it a trickle-down effect. It's you know, it's a huge reflection of um, a core message that gets repeated and altered to regional contexts and um, to inspire at a local level um, using regional references or local references. And so, yes, it's not necessarily all Al Qaeda material or ISIL material, but certainly inspired by. Um, or in some cases, directed by uh, so it, it's it's a huge network.
2: Adam, are we getting better, do you think, at countering the kind of narratives pushed out by terrorist groups? or do you think they're always one step ahead?
0: What's certainly the case is that the content and activity we're seeing online doesn't exist in a vacuum, and it, it's always connected to real people in real communities. And it's important to stress that focusing purely on online, will not solve the core problem which is if there are terrorists in society if there's uh, political violence and extremism in society at some point or another that will manifest itself online as well so it's important to stress that a holistic approach is required and counter narratives is certainly a part of this as is encouraging governments to focus on uh, problems in their societies and uh, working uh, with society as a whole to identify uh, inequality problems in society so that that can be tackled that source according to the rule of law of course so so i think it's important to stress that it is very easy to point to the internet because you can observe it you can quantify terrorist content and all this sort of stuff and assume that that is the the the, the cause uh, actually it's usually the effect in our experience so one of the reasons why this is so difficult to tackle the terrorist use of the internet is that well if you if you have terrorists um in the world, they are likely to use the internet in some ways much like everyone else we can't We can't expect to eradicate terrorist use of the internet unless we uh, unless we also focus on improving society and improving our responses to political violence in the first place.
2: Jennifer, it seemed in the past that politicians have struggled to understand some pretty basic concepts when it comes to social media and online platforms. Is there more talent and expertise in governments these days? Are politicians better able to develop more effective legislation in this area?
1: I would say yes. Uh, and that's largely due to uh, the efforts not only of, of CTED, but again, the the operational partners that are, that are out there. So the Office of Counterterrorism um, has been Putting together you know, huge programs for capacity building and training. Other organizations have also been doing that. UNODC uh, has been doing a massive, a- again, capacity building and technical assistance delivery work um, in the areas of awareness raising, training, uh, model legislation. Uh, Interpol has been providing a lot of training on OSINT. Uh, so that's um, the open source investigations and online investigations so you know even if you're looking at um say terrorism financing online through crowdfunding platforms or through the solicitation of private donations using facebook pages people are being trained in how to identify those find those posts follow them and then find the money trail Um, and and so there you know more and more investigations happening and there are more and more uh, people in states law enforcement agencies in their security services who are getting the training necessary uh, to be able to do this kind of work. Um, that said, uh, technology is ever expanding. So the development techno- uh, trajectory for technology is profit driven and it's science driven. It's curiosity driven. Um, the development trajectory for governments is political. It's limited by funds, limited by national and regional interests. You know, you'll hear frequently um, that you know, terrorism is borderless, right? And terrorism online is is even more borderless environment that that has no boundaries, really, except uh, how fast your your download system you know ability is from your your broadband. Whereas states don't have those freedoms, and and yet the UN is using its amazing convening power to bring member states together um, and to ensure that this stays on the table, that political will um, at the highest level is being developed and engendered and that member states are being um, encouraged and even exhorted to work together collaboratively, cooperatively um, to address terrorism threats um, at at all levels. Um, And also to remind them of, as Adam uh, rightly points out, that we are in a rule of law environment that there must be respect for human rights and fundamental freedoms that member states have not only um, signed treaties and and various other um, initiatives to guarantee human rights uh, but there are international human rights just through collective norms so you know the respect for human rights is a key component of the conversation
2: what kind of things are you seeing online? that are concerning you right now? Starting with you, Adam.
1: Terrorists are forever
0: adapting the types of technology they're using and the ways they're using it. We're pleased to see that larger platforms are improving how they respond to terrorists' use of the internet. However, small platforms are still vulnerable to exploitation, and that's largely our focus at Tech Against Terrorism, working with small platforms to build capacity to guide platforms and making better decisions and understanding the law um, and applying technology in an appropriate way to detect terrorist content. Nevertheless, we remain gravely concerned about the ability for terrorists and violent extremists to build their own technologies. What we are seeing is the democratisation of technology, unlike at at any point in the history of the internet, and our biggest concern is so-called terrorist-operated websites. It's almost back to the future. In early days of terrorist use of the internet, terrorists, terrorist groups would have their own forums and their own bulletin boards. And many of the listeners to this podcast might be familiar with, with some of those historically. And we, we thought all those had gone. With the emergence of social media, why would you go to the effort of creating your own forum? Well, actually, because of improved response from larger platforms and, and actually smaller ones as well, it's much more attractive for terrorist groups to create their own websites. However, responding to this is really difficult because, understandably, we need to ensure that uh, counterterrorism measures are uh, applied in a proportionate fashion. And it's much harder to do this when we're talking about the entire servers and websites, because the understandable concern here is that, well, counterterrorism can be used by non-democratic states to persecute political distance, for example. There's a real risk that counterterrorism measures can be abused by non-democratic countries, and that risk is even greater when we're talking about entire websites and entire infrastructure services, and yet that's where terrorists are increasingly focused. Um, So, going back to the point, or referencing the point of what can governments do more? It's certainly the case that policymakers are more sophisticated now than they ever have been before, and we we are absolutely delighted to work with some uh, incredible colleagues from across government who understand in detail how this technology works and understand the ethics and all of the complexities of policymaking where internet technology is concerned. But nevertheless, there are some significant gaps, uh, and that 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 is where. Uh, traditional counter-terrorism and terrorist use of the internet overlaps with cyber norms and all these ideas about, well, what is disinformation? What is a state-based cyber attack? And these sort of areas are merging and the norms are merging and they're more and more complicated to navigate because we also have some bad actors, some nation-states who will abuse technology uh, and, and essentially will, will try to uh, to wage war in a sub threshold way through the internet, this is happening, and i 'm not going to name countries that you can sort of imagine who i 'm talking about here, so this starts becoming problematic because terrorists sort of realize this, and there might be a few terrorists and terrorist organizations listening to this very podcast. I shudder, but it's it 's possible, so they know that the international policy community finds it difficult to create legislation and norms in particular areas because of geopolitics, so our biggest concern. Is, is about terrorists creating their own websites, creating their own apps, creating their own technologies. And this is going to be really difficult for governments to know how to respond because, as Jennifer said, there is no definition of, of terrorism that can be easily operationalized in this area. At Tech Against Terrorism, all of our advice and guidance about content removal is based on those large, credible designation lists. So UN has quite a few designation lists and prescription lists, which are very good. Uh, they're narrowly focused on jihadist groups, but they are, they are good in, in that, you know, within that scope. We also rely on uh, designation prescription lists from the EU, from the US, from the UK, you know, the major democracies and international organisations. So everything we do at Tech Against Terrorism is designed to promote the rule of law and point to designation. So if your question is, what can governments do to facilitate improved response to terrorism to the Internet? The single thing they can do is to reform designation and prescription processes so that they are fit for purpose in the 21st century so that they can be used by tech platforms. And they can encourage, therefore, tech platforms to connect to the rule of law rather than making up their own laws and norms and definitions, which often happens. Uh, Tech platforms will often create their own norms, you know, with good intentions. But we believe that democracies should be deciding a lot of this. But unfortunately, we're not seeing much focus on this area by the major democracies. They're focusing on different things. Uh, So we think there's a real opportunity to, to build new international norms where designation is concerned. So it's fit for purpose in the 21st century.
1: And on this context, too, I'd like to highlight that the Security Council is convening a special meeting that's going to take place at the end of October in India. Exactly on this topic, not just on terrorism in online spaces like the Internet and social media, but also how to counter terrorist abuse of emerging technologies. So it's a forward-looking meeting. We're not even looking at what we're dealing with today, but also what's coming down the pipeline for the next five to 10 years so that member states can start to position themselves against potential incoming threats. So looking at unmanned aerial systems, UAS, drones, effectively, uh, looking at at how fintech is being used to finance terrorism. So there are a number of initiatives happening at the highest political levels to ensure that the people who are making laws, making policies and driving tech at the political level are working collaboratively, cooperatively and on the same platform.
2: That was Jennifer Bramlett from CTED. And earlier, you heard Adam Hadley from Tech Against Terrorism. The special two-day meeting of the Counterterrorism Committee on Countering the Use of New and Emerging Technologies for Terrorist Purposes takes place in Mumbai on the 28th of October and New Delhi on the 29th of October. We'll have extensive coverage from my colleagues in the Hindi Unit of UN News. You've been listening to The Lid is On, the flagship news podcast from the United Nations. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I'll be back next Friday. Have a great week.